coming up on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. Got my big golf thing that you know about that I care very much about. Um, but I don't think I have too oh, many. Oh, look at you just like it's glossing over that. This is, the golf thing's a the big deal. I, don't, I think people will be surprised. You're, are you a scratch golfer? No, I was close. I lost a little momentum with the book and the course and some of our stuff. It's kind of your fault. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I have, I have mixed to me emotions about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I'm bad at golf, our yeah. business is usually going better. I know, right? <laughs> it's a reverse indicator. And I stink right now, so uh, that's good. all's good. Yeah. Um, sure, but you're like, a, I mean, you're the guy that gets called in a pro-am if somebody can't make it. Like you. I've had some good, yeah. You just you played at Pebble Beach. You played at Pebble Beach a couple of times, yep. That's played crazy. with you at Pebble Beach once, if I remember That's right. right. Yes. Um, yeah, a couple of pro-ams, been able to play all over the world, and yeah, I've had some great, it's my thing for That's sure. Awesome. If I'm not thinking about our, is my wife going to listen to this? If I'm not thinking <laughs> about our business, I'm thinking about golf. Golf, yeah. yeah. So even if I'm not playing it, I spend a lot of mind time yeah. hitting balls uh, and stuff. I don't know why, it's kind of my, it's a meditation for me. I play by myself I all the time. It's exactly the opposite of what I do for a living. You know, I'm in close quarters working on stuff, computing and researching and the mountain wide open. So. It, golf is important to a lot of middle-aged white guys. I know that, so it's not a big secret. <laughs> yeah, right. But it, it holds a special place for me, for sure. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Real Life Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Spears, author, speaker, advocate, and someone who loves to hear inspiring, extraordinary stories from everyday people. I'm fortunate that I get to meet so many different people, and I'm super excited to introduce you to one of them now. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears, and I'm super excited to introduce you to my business partner, probably and best friend, Wally Schmader. Very happy to be here. Excited to finally get in the seat here for the podcast. So, very excited. Good. What are we going to talk about? Well, uh, I have like a ton of questions uh, for you, and uh, most of them are around our history, how we got here. We've got a couple of books out. We've got a new online course. We've got like tons of stuff. Where do you want to start? Uh, I'd like to start with you. Mm -hmm. that's a, is that all right? Okay. So I'd like to ask you a few questions about yourself and your process for the audience because you've been asking a lot of other people questions and I think there's things that people would be interested to hear about you and how you ended up in exactly this situation. So is that okay? This is you totally taking over the podcast. I like it. Yeah. Totally. Let's right. do it. Okay. I knew that something was up when I saw... When there's notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's notes, well, something's going on. Yeah. And then I, I thought they were going to be like for your answers to my potential questions. No answers here. No. All questions. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you're, you've become maybe the hardest working person that I know oh. over the last two years, three years. And of course, I've got a front row seat to see all that. And it's kind of the objective of the partnership is to keep you out in front of people. Mm. But that shows up you know, in your life. So what's motivating you? What's, what's, mm. what's the fuel that's still pushing you to go as hard as you did five years ago? I think um, probably I'm so incredibly excited about what we're building. I think that you know when people are in corporate jobs and they do, they can't tell the effect that their their job has on the overall vision of a company. I think that would be like super hard. Okay. This is not super hard. When you said I'm working hard, I am. But when you get up every day, like we do, and you're doing the same thing, by the way, and you know that what you're doing is going to change people's lives, you know that the information you're giving is going to, you know, it's going to make better leaders. It's going to make uh, you know people embrace some of the stuff that we're talking about in a way that's going to, you know, make other people better. Yeah. There's no way you can't be excited about that. Okay. So right? that, that's what gets you up in the morning. Totally. That's what keeps you going. That late night on the airplane, oh. that's what gets you home. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So how about you, though? 
Um, I really think that the things we're doing, are there's nothing like them out there. And so what motivates me is the idea, and we've talked about this a thousand times without cameras on, is that there's something being built that is delivered in a way from someone who can make it stick that people can go, can go do right away. Like there's so much leadership out there. We're both students of leadership. You see the books, uh, thousands of books have been read by the two of us. And there's just not that much actionable leadership coaching out there. So our, our partnership, I think, works because we both have that objective that someone can learn this stuff and go use it maybe that same day, maybe that same afternoon. Yeah. And I found someone really great at delivering the information in a way that, that will be remembered by yeah. the audience. So. I, was at, I did a gig the other day. Uh, so we're here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I went out and spoke at the Glenpool Chamber of Commerce, okay. which was awesome. I love doing you know uh, the Chambers of Commerce. And so there was somebody in the audience and we did the timely talk. So okay. I just did a quick, like this is a, you know, one of the things that we teach. And she literally walked on her way out and she said, I drove here on the phone talking to her husband, complaining about this person and what was she gonna do. And she said, and I leave here with a complete strategy that's, you know, now I know exactly what to go do. And I was like, that's, yeah. that's and what you're Maybe three about. people in the world would get goosebumps over that story. I'm one of the three. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what gets me going, that, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So what do you think? So we've had an interesting run here the last four or five years. What are some of the things you're most proud of, things that you feel great about that's already happened? Um, releasing two books. I mean, like, I think that when we released the first book, like, you know, I remember one time in a conversation, and you were pretty direct with me on like, oh, I want to write a book. And you're like, yeah, everybody wants to write a book, Tracy. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody's a writer, but you want to be an author, then that's a whole different ballgame. And I was like... So looking that the question of being an author, that definitely has to hit, you know, yeah. pretty high on the list. Range and then a that. number one best-selling. Bonus. Can I, yeah, can I totally, I can totally brag. This yeah. Horses, yeah. And, but like three years after that book's released, we hit number one in the UK, Canada, and the United States. So that blew my mind. And that was just like a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, it was really strange. And that's not how it works. And just for, for those listening, the, the, uh, it was number one for like three minutes, yeah. but no one ever asked that question. No. <laughs> no one says, how long were you number one? So we say whatever we want about that. Yeah. So yeah, that's really uh, exciting, and that was unexpected for sure. Awesome. What else What else would you have on the accomplishments list? Uh, just you know what we're building that the Exceptional Leaders Lab is, has gotten a lot of uh, press and publicity. We are growing so quickly. We, you know, we've spent the last couple of days holed up with some amazing people that will, are now part of our organization. We've hired an assistant. Like we, you know, that it, I can really see this being a super big organization. So. Yeah, scaling up. Yeah. Yeah, and that should make our little microphone a megaphone, right? We can start to spread the message totally. better and, and longer and uh, to more people. How so. about you? What would be on your list? Definitely, um, I like having I like having blocks of content. Like the idea that we started, really, you started as a professional speaker with one topic mm -hmm. and spread that topic, the why people do what they do content. So many of your uh, folks have, have seen it, which was all around temperaments and it was Tracy's absolute core specialty and then started to add on to that, on to that. I think we now have something like 54 yeah. content modules all on different, like I like that. To me that yeah. feels like, I don't know, it feels like the accomplishment is that that's all there yeah. and when you think about it as a business, that feels like our asset. Our mm -hmm. asset is that stuff that that because there's so much research behind it, and then you taking it and polishing it out so an audience can understand and, and uh, leverage it. So that's probably my thing. Well, that's funny. Like when I was doing the you know the one talk, you know you can't go back to other audiences to the same audience. Yeah. You know if you don't reinvent yourself. But the idea that I feel like I could go back like a dozen times and do something new each time, right? Because. Yeah. 
as uh, as you and I often joke, you're Bernie Toppin and I'm Elton John, so you're writing the hits and I'm out there singing them. And so we have figured out, uh, long before the last couple of years, by the way, that we are, we're really the perfect partners in that sense, that your strengths are definitely not mine. And yeah. Vice versa. So. And I don't want to do anything that you do. <laughs> right? And I know you don't do much. I don't want to do, do much. So, yeah, yeah. so the Bernie Top, no one knows this. So in these conversations, people ask us about our partnership, and, and I always say, well, I'm Bernie Toppin. And they go, okay, <laughs> who's that? Really? And I always explain, I go, well, he's the guy you don't know who wrote all of Elton John's yeah. songs. Elton John's a performer, Elton John's the glam, Elton mm-hmm. John's. But you know, they never wrote in the same room. They they've never sat that. down and composed together, which we also don't never. sit down and compose together. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And I'm happy I've got an Elton uh, for sure, and I don't want to be a, an Elton. So and there's a documentary I just saw that, that it has those two, mm. and they're asking him, Bernie, about, said, like, I didn't really understand a lot of the stuff that he did, but I was <laughs> glad he was using them. And he had songs That's that he funny. thought were going to be slow songs that turned out to be fast songs. Oh. And opposite, so it really mm. is an interpretation of stuff. So it's it's fun. To and that's happening because you sat in the audience and you were like, I can't believe you took that yeah. in that direction. Yeah, I'll sit in the audience and Tracy will, will deliver something. I'll go, that isn't what I was thinking about that at all, but it's super good. <laughs> <laughs> so happens every time I, I see you that's do anything, funny. really. That's funny. So. But when we first wrote the book, when we wrote the first book, that process was arduous at best because. You know, when you said, okay, well, it's, you know, you were really kind of testing me. I thought, like, are you really going to... Is gonna... this for real? Writing a book's hard. Yeah, yeah, it was hard. And so, and I get this question a ton, so I'm going to answer it now. So we made an agreement that every Tuesday morning, and we were, you know, we had a full-time Jobs. other job, yeah. that at 8 o'clock on Tuesday morning, we would have something written to each other. And we did that every week. And I'm sure you had yours written long before that. I was up at four a couple of times, you know, going, okay, I gotta be, gotta get something there, gotta get something to you. We did that for for an entire year, a long time, yeah. And so that pass the chapters back and forth, edit, pass them back, Mm -hmm. then off to you know whatever the, yeah, it's hard. And there, and for those of you that are aspiring writers, I mean, it's the the disparity between the people that are gonna write a book and write a book is huge because because the labor is just. I mean, everybody's got inspiration, unfortunately. That's not the hard part. You know, inspiration is, is available to everybody, but right. this, the blue collar piece of it is super hard. And how many people do you know that have wanted to or are going to uh, write a book? Right? Yeah. yeah, nearly everybody. So I, that's always been impressive to me. That, and I've had that kind of conversation with a lot of people. Hey, let's, you know, and I've yeah. told you, they just couldn't, didn't show up. But yeah. you, you definitely did. Well, uh, the, 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 the work of all of that. Um, has been an amazing experience that I know I wouldn't have had had we not done the partnership. Yeah. So I think, I think you're... Even you're, if nobody read it, it's so substantial just to have finished something, right? And it's great that other people I don't get know. It. That would have been a, like a waste of time. No, I'm just kidding. For me, <laughs> I know not, for you, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. I yeah. just like, it's done, and, and now this is all collected here. And well, you wrote a book before. We wrote a book, and so you wrote that book. I remember when you finished the book, and I poured through it and made notes and did all that. And you know you were invited to go do some tours, and you're like, oh no, I didn't, I didn't write it for that. I just wrote it so I could write a book. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like you're, you're not going to get on the road. And I didn't have, I didn't have an Elton. Yeah. I needed an Elton then. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just basically okay, done with the book. Yeah. What's next? Got a little bit of positive stuff on it, but it never really found an audience because you know I didn't know how to do that. So back to to Tracy stuff. So okay. all this stuff, ups and downs. I mean, you've had a few different careers, big corporate uh, gig for a long time. If you could, you're 50. Two now? Is that right? I I'll be fifty three like in two That's days. That's right. Okay, so almost. But so if you could go back, let's say that moment where you're coming out of college and don't really have a settled career yet, what would you do differently now? Like knowing what you know and what your skills end up being or where your muscles are, 
would you make some different decisions or do you think that all those things were necessary to get you where you are? I wouldn't do anything differently on the business side. Okay. The, you know, the, the, voca the job I chose or that chose me uh, was entrepreneurial for so many years and the muscles you build as an entrepreneur especially being a Gen Xer, I'm like the cusper between baby boomer and Gen Xer and like everyone, even my parents wanted me to go get the job, get the, you know, be somewhere for a long time, which I ended up being for a long time. But it was so entrepreneurial that what I learned in that, there, I don't know that I could have learned it any other way. You, would you do it differently? I'd like to think that I would, just because I felt like I did some things for too long. Like mm. I went past the expiration date on a couple of opportunities, but yeah. all those things informed what ends up being in the books and the videos and stuff. So then yeah. you, you wouldn't want to give back those experiences, then you wouldn't be able to say anything to the people that are having that experience now. So True. my answer is yes, I'd like to change some things, but I don't think it would be a good thing. Yeah. So I won't. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. But I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely aware that there were a few pivotal moments that could have changed everything for me but uh, you know I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy where I am right now so still to come on real life leadership with Tracy Spears I come home one day and you know she's uh, just wrung out sitting there with green hair and super mad and I'm thinking you know beauty school didn't go so well that day right. she's like yeah so you didn't pay the water bill <laughs> I was like oh sure I did I'm sure I paid the water bill so she had processed her hair and went to turn on the water, it was off. So she ran out of the condo and jumped in the swimming pool to rinse oh, her no. hair with all the chlorine. chlorine yep. So anyway, so what people don't know is I have like way too many of those kind of stories. Wow. And probably one less friend I <laughs> after that, <laughs> That's right? That's true. Yeah. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears, and I'm here to tell you about something super exciting. My business partner, Wally Schmader, and I just released our book, The Exceptional Leaders Playbook, and it's available now at theexceptionalleadersLab.com. What you'll find in that book is immediately actionable ideas that you can use in your everyday leadership. No theories in this one. These are tried and true tactics for leaders of all levels. I hope you'll check it out. So I've got a question for you. Okay. You live um, a very transparent life, and I think people mostly know what you care about, what you want to do, your ambitions are kind of on your sleeve a little bit. Um, certainly your lifestyle and all that is, is, is not kept in any, any kind of private uh, way. So what are some things that, that people don't know about you or something that, that people who think they know you pretty well may not know? Hmm. Well, you're right. Everybody, I do think I'm an open book. Everybody pretty much knows everything. Probably, um, I grew up in a trailer, 14 by 70. Which is not a big one. It was bigger than most. I'm just, I'm not <laughs> just bragging, saying. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when the double wides came out. I remember when I was like, wow, yeah. I must really be rich. You know, right. like, yeah, <laughs> the first double wides coming right. in the, yeah. Life uh, of the rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> double that, that would probably be, uh, yeah, that's probably a big one. Just, okay. you know, growing up like that. Um, Probably that when I first started my business, the entrepreneurial business in my early 20s, how um, how unsuccessful I was for so long. Like okay. I remember, 
I had a, a, a roommate, she had just divorced her husband and you know, she said you know, she needed a place to live and, and I had this super cool condo. You know, I was writing checks on you know, nothing in the, in the bank account. I was like, because I was gonna be so successful. So I yeah. rented this super cool place. You can spend that money now before know, right? you have it, right? And she's like, oh, you know, I just need a place to stay for a little bit, you know, get on my feet. I'm like, oh, you can stay here. And she uh, was going through beauty school. So she was doing the divorce, trying to figure out what she was gonna do. Short version is, you know, I come home one day and, you know, she's uh, just wrung out, sitting there with green hair and super mad. And I'm thinking, you know, beauty school didn't go so well that day. Right. She's like, yeah, so you didn't pay the water bill. <laughs> I was like, oh, sure I did. I'm sure I paid the water bill. This is no, I'm sure I didn't pay the water I didn't have enough money. I was literally, you know, playing that game, who's going to get paid or not. So she had processed her hair and went to turn on the water. It was off. So she ran out of the condo and jumped in the swimming pool to rinse oh, her no. hair with all the chlorine. chlorine yep. So anyway, so what people don't know is I have like way too many of those kind of stories. Wow. And probably one less friend I <laughs> after that, <laughs> That's right? That's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I knew a little bit about yeah. humble upbringing. I know that has something to do with your ambition today. And, but I, it's probably important that people know that it, you haven't always had the lifestyle you have now. Yeah. And that that is important, right? That that's, yeah. that's anybody can do that. And your, your story wasn't easy. And those other difficulties there, too. So um, good. Yeah. It makes it more fun yeah. when you get to where you want to be, too. It now, is. Is your water? How's the water? Good. We're good. All good? Yeah, okay. If you, yeah, if you need to rinse your hair. With my hair. <laughs> it's all good. Isn't that funny, though? Like, we, and I've read so many, uh, you know, whether they're memoirs or, you know, listen to interviews with people that there's something that happens in that kind of a childhood oh, upbringing yeah. that crystallizes some part of you that steals you for owning a business or being successful, right. don't you think? Yeah. Who yeah. cares about third generation wealth? Yeah. yeah I, like right. I don't care if your dad, you know, propped you up. If you were already, what is it, uh, home run, starting on third base, who yeah. cares, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I want to see you go the whole way around, yeah. right, and take sure. some swings. That's a lot more interesting. And I think those people end up being a lot more relatable, too, and they know who they're you know, they know who their audience is, they can talk to everybody. I've heard many presentations from people that never had it the other way or read many books mm. from people that believe they're talking to everybody but they're really not yeah. because they don't know everybody. And yeah. so my, you know, I was the same way. I grew up in a trailer in the desert, West Texas, and moved around a lot. We went to, I went to 11 schools between really? first grade and seventh grade. So more than one per, per year um, was my dad moving around. So I had to, uh, the skill set that comes from that is you know bringing yourself into new things yeah and i realized that you could invent like you could be a jock kid at this school and then a smart kid at this school yeah. and then a bad grade kid this can just kind of show <laughs> yeah. up i'm gonna you know yeah. try this i wasn't overt about it but i definitely learned that interesting and i also got to be a minority in a lot of cases lived on an indian reservation lived with all all mexican-american kids and so got to experience that which has been instructive in my life too so um yeah so i think so it makes a, there's a lot more that you can draw from, right, depth-wise, yeah. when you're trying to, to understand other people or how to talk to other people or how to train other people that come from those those things. What else would people be surprised to know? Anything else you can think of? Gosh, um, so you you know this, but like the thing that gives me an incredible amount of joy is things like detailing cars and organizing things. Yeah. Like, that would probably you get a lot of pleasure out of that. I do, yeah, totally. Tracy has said that if, if there is money in it, if you could make, make a, yeah. hit your goals, the <laughs> lifestyle you want, detailing cars, that'd probably be totally, what you're doing. Totally do. Um, How about you? What What do you think people will be surprised to know about uh, you? I don't know. I don't, not much as, like I'm not out there the way that you are in my community. You know, we're, we're I'm in Norfolk, as you know. Um, people are surprised, I think. Like I've had a couple things that surprised myself. Like I never thought 
I grew up in, in suburbia once we got out of the trailer and everything, and so I had an opportunity to move to an urban setting and loved it. And I, I can't imagine not living in a place where you can walk to places and you see every, I mean, I'm big rich house, homeless guy, yeah. every possible you know iteration in between, and I love that. And yeah. it was something so a lot of people I think would be surprised to know that that's you know that I'm an urban guy, not a not a suburban guy. Got my big golf thing that you know about that I care very much about. Um, but I don't think I have too. Oh, many look at you just secrets. like glossing over that. This is the golf thing's a big deal. I don't. I think people will be surprised. You're are you a scratch golfer? No, I was close. I lost a little momentum with the book and the course and. Some of our stuff. It's kind of your fault. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I have, I have mixed this. emotions about that. Yeah. 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 When I'm bad at golf, our yeah. business is usually going better. I know, right? <laughs> it's a reverse indicator. And I stink right now, so. Uh, that's good. All's good. Yeah. Um, sure, but you're like, I mean, you're the guy that gets called in a pro am if somebody can't make it. Like you. I've had some good, yeah. You just you played at Pebble Beach. You played at Pebble Beach a couple of times, yep. That's played crazy. with you at Pebble Beach once, if I remember that's right. right. Yes. Um, yeah, a couple of pro ams. Been able to play all over the world. And yeah, I've had some great. It's my thing for Excellent. sure. If I'm not thinking about our, is my wife gonna listen to this? If I'm not thinking about our business, I'm thinking about golf. golf yeah. yeah. So even if I'm not playing it, I spend a lot of mind time yeah. hitting balls uh, and stuff. I don't know why, it's kind of my, it's a meditation for me. I play by myself all I the time. It's exactly the opposite of what I do for a living. You know, I'm in close quarters working on stuff, computing and researching and I'm out in wide open. So it, golf is important to a lot of middle-aged white guys. I know that, so it's not a big secret. <laughs> yeah, right. But it holds a special place for me, for sure. Have you played? Where's where have you not played? Like, what's the the course yeah. that you really want to play? And I'm so lucky that I can. That my list of courses I'd love to play that I haven't played is actually very short. Nice compared to to what it would have been. So Augusta, I mean, that's the that's the holy grail. I'll play on the old course in in St Andrews soon. That's you can go over there whenever you like. I'm playing in Iceland in a couple of months. Nice. I've got a midnight tea time, which <laughs> you can do there because of the you know it's, it's light hour. all night. Yeah. Is it 24 hour light yeah. when you're gonna be there? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that'll right. be weird. So midnight tee off, get my four hours in, so I'll be texting everybody back home, waking them up, probably. Know, right? yeah. I'm on hole number three. It's yeah. four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. so, but no, I've never played Augusta uh, any time. I've been there a few times and okay. walked around, but I don't. so far, and I'm looking for hookups, everybody. Um, haven't been able to get awesome. out there and, and play. So, well, I but I will. When you did the, the, the pro-am at Pebble Beach, in the Golf Channel, and literally, I was, you know, we recorded, I don't know how many hours it was to get there you were on the leaderboard yeah, and, you know, with me. a caddy walking around with Schmader on his yeah, back. Yeah, it was awesome. So the leaderboard means that the guy, my pro, was on the leaderboard for a while, and so I was attached to that. It had nothing to do with what I was doing, oh. scoring, just full disclosure. <laughs> um, well, I have but, that picture. Yeah. That has yeah. your, uh, well, it's my Facebook picture. I've got myself with the caddy standing there with Schmader on the back. But I mean like the leaderboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Playing yeah. on the, yeah, yeah. I hit a couple of good shots. Um, I'll tell you the thing I think that people will be shocked about that I get to enjoy because I'm close enough to you to hear it, is you are wicked funny. Like, That's I think nice. you're the funniest person. Well, Suzanne won't like me saying that. Yeah, One of the funniest. <laughs> but you are, you're what, like, you, you have to be close enough to hear it. Like, yeah. you're not going to stand up and tell a joke. Yeah, I love little witty things and all that but I don't want to be known as the funny guy yeah you know like that's the last thing I want in my personal brand is he's really? so no, not at all. Oh I'd rather gosh. be the, the serious incredible guy because that is what I get paid to do you know? yeah but I love our relationship and I love funny people and you know interesting conversationalists where people can throw in witty things I don't think we probably don't talk about like in America I don't think that's thought of the same way it is other places, like the witty conversationalist, yeah. the person who's always got the interesting thing to say. That's really entertaining for me, and we're lucky to have a lot of those people in our life. We do. Um, but I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, for sure. I have a lot of fun with that kind of stuff. So, Anything else you would share? 
I can't think of anything. I'm not trying to dig anything out. I just I know, right? Like, there's a lot of things I think. I think you're a person that takes a while to get to know mm. because you do have a private life that's different, and your the private Tracy is a little bit different than the public that's Tracy. That's true. Uh, but you do have a wide circle of friends. So a lot of people do know that that private Tracy. It's getting more and more known. Like I, I have lived a very different life. <laughs> For a lot of years, as you know. Yeah. Um, well, your life with Rosemary is amazing. Like, we never, I come to Tulsa to visit these two, and um, you're known everywhere. You don't walk anywhere where uh -huh. you're not getting hugs and things. We were at the restaurant last night, must have been six people. On the way there, there's people. That's so, all Rosemary, just so you know. There. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have that circle of friends. Well, she's on all the boards, right? She's rubbing totally. all the elbows. Yeah. yeah. And Tulsa's not so big of a place where if you do that for a while, you're just going to know everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, they have embraced us as a couple in yeah. a way that, you know, I just never saw coming, right? So, right. you know, when... Uh, you Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? I, I know. know, right? Yeah, I don't know if my stereotypes would be wrong, but I wouldn't think of that as a super... Although, it is, right? It's a super progressive community. We really are. I mean, I think it's surprising. There's, there's so much work being done to bring and attract more, you know, diverse businesses. And, yeah, it's been a, it's a little bit of a secret, I think, but people are always surprised at how... You know, we you'll go to the Equality Gala here, and a thousand people will show up. Yeah, which is just you know mind-boggling. Like the fifth largest equality center in the United States. Really, is in Tulsa. Yeah, that's interesting. Why yeah. would that be? I wonder. You think it's just the people here that are pushing it? I don't. I couldn't even give you the reason for that. Like, because a lot of people here are natives. Like when you meet people in, in Tulsa and Oklahoma City, a lot of them are from Tulsa and Oklahoma City. It's not like they're that's true. imported activists. You know, they're homegrown. That's true. Folks, for the most part, you are. You know. Yeah. I need, I'm going to get a better answer the next time I'm asked this question. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking about, the reason why I asked it is like, I think over time, you're well known now, right? Best-selling author, number one this, got this, all these talks, people well, bustle. If people, we can't fit people, she won't say it, we cannot fit people on your schedule, right? There's no room on Tracy's schedule, which is an amazing thing to say when uh, we couldn't find anything to put on <laughs> just a few years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. Full transparency. Uh, so the idea that you're that kind of person now, so I'm imagining that there'll be some space between the public and private Tracy that will develop yeah. necessarily over over the next For little sure. while yeah. um, to protect that that home stuff. Yeah. But. That's good. That's I think the next big challenge is, you know, so you're just you know, 100 miles an hour all the time is it's going to be to figure out when to say no, and yeah. I'm already to that point, right? right. Where, and as you are too, you know, we're trying to now go, okay, wait a minute. So we've thrown all this stuff in the hopper and now we've got to, you know, make some decisions. It's a good place to be though. Oh right? yeah. Well, and, and for so long, it's just, who wants this? Anybody? Anybody yeah. want to hear this stuff? <laughs> yeah. And you, you get wired to that. And so yeah. it's super hard to say no, because it's so hard to get any yeses in the first place. And yeah. so you, it's gradual, right? Like we're not going to do any more of those. Yeah. No more of those. So we, we're denying them by category, right? Sure. And maybe narrowing some of the content instead of making it as, as broad as we have in some cases. But it's very, it's all fun. It's yeah. all, it's all great. So what do you think uh, are, think of leaning forward now into the future of the business, what do you see as some challenges? So we're growing the business together, obviously. New book just came out, got right. some video stuff coming out. Where do you see obstacles? I think the obstacles are trying to anticipate, you know, like we're, you know, we're unconsciously incompetent. We don't know what we don't know right now, yeah. so. And we haven't been a big business before. No. So there's things that come with that. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had that experience, that entrepreneurial experience with, um, tons of corporate experience and I think marrying those two is, that's going to be a great foundation for us but I think that we're growing much faster than I thought we were going to grow right. so these like you always say these are like exactly the problems you want to have you know we're in that meeting yesterday around the table with eight you know people partners. that are part and partners that are 
um, going to be amazing to move our brand forward and you know how do we do that and right. so so for me all of the things and obstacles I'm worried about are all around how we're going to get really really big and how can we you know I mean the marketing I'll, I'll just all those things around that yeah. there's a lot of moving pieces with that yeah my hope is that we are what I think is the challenge is to make sure that we're putting things out there there are outreach as such and the content has the visibility the things we care about, that the right kind of organizations and people want to work with us. Right. That we're attracting corporate partners and people that really can use and appreciate it, not just do it to check a box. Like mm -hmm. we've seen that sometimes with the diversity and inclusion stuff, that there's actually different motivations in companies as to why they want to have that training. Yeah. And I so much it's so much more fun and meaningful when you know yeah. that they're doing it for the right reason, right? That they just really want to have that as part of what I think it's changing is. though. I th I think when we first started doing that module and that was created out of a need. You know, we had had to do a talk as, you know, that process sometimes is, hey, I need a yeah. know, whatever, and then you like, you know, hunker down for days, weeks, and, or, or months, in that case, to create that. The, yeah. One, yeah. But we got, we started going into those organizations under that for, as you said, for people to go, okay, I need to say that we had a diversity and inclusion right. seminar. Can you fill the, fill the need? And they get to check the box. But statistically now, what's been great is that that, presentation we started with has changed so much because of the data. Right. So Yeah, and people get that for sure. And sometimes those that even though the motivation isn't perfect, that's the way in. And mm -hmm. then you end up with a great relationship anyway. So I would never question how we get to meet any any corporate partner or, or individual, but I love it when they when, when there's an obvious, yeah. you know, connection right right from the start between what what they're, what they're doing what we're doing and what they're looking for. I'm trying to think of other obstacles. All the normal growth obstacles, I guess. Um, your schedule, I think there's a bottleneck there eventually. Yeah. And that's why it's important. We're trying to do more things that don't require Tracy to stand in front of an audience, like the video series, yep. uh, where someone can uh, register and have access to the video series, five hours of, of Tracy training, and access it for a full year at a very low price point. So I'm excited about that ability to tap into you and yeah. our content. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears. I'm the co-founder of the Exceptional Leaders Lab, along with my business partner, Wally Schmader. We've put together an online leadership series that I think you're going to find really valuable. The content is taken from our best-selling books, What Exceptional Leaders Know and The Exceptional Leaders Playbook. Our goal in the online course is that you can not only watch it, learn a little bit of information, but to be able to take that information and go immediately use it in your organization. We're going to cover all kinds of different tactics, personal development tactics, leadership tactics, things we think are going to be a, a great resource for you. We're going to talk about the six crucial steps to developing your personal brand. Everything affects your personal brand. It's the, the combination of all of these things and they create that brand. I think Jeff Bezos says it best. He says that brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. It makes you want to never leave the room, right? You don't get to choose whether you have a personal brand or not. You have one, like Tracy said, so you just get to choose what it is. All of that inf information is trying to get to one thing, and that is that you're born in a, with a particular part of your brain that's more than developed. In that development, it creates this lens that you view the world. And in viewing the world through that particular lens, it creates different assumptions through the lens. Goal setting for leaders. So taking care of your most valuable asset. Organizing your personal board of directors. This next section is what Brussels sprouts and leadership have in common. They talk about how you can find a leader anywhere in an organization, and it's true. And the reason it's true is because leadership is influence, and you can influence from anywhere, wherever you are in the org chart. So I think this proves that out, that old saying. You don't have to be 
have the big business card or the big corner office to be an influencer, that's for sure. Managing up. Making meetings work. The five conversations that leaders have to get right. Our next section is the power of recognition. We're going to talk about all the things we can do as leaders to leverage recognition to drive performance with our team. Accountability and engagement. Let's keep the conversation going about diversity and engagement in the workplace. As a middle-aged heterosexual white guy, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm an expert at this. And if there's anything you need to know about diversity and inclusion, I'm probably the guy to go to. Progressive companies saying this is the right thing to do. You know, diversity, inclusion is something we need to do because we want to, we're good people and we want to do good things. That this is flipped now and it's just been the last three years, all of the data is piling up to make the case that if you want to perform, if you want to compete, you better get diverse because you're selling to a diverse audience. You can't be one thing and sell to another, right? So if you want to, if you want to sell to everybody, if you want to sell a lot, if you want to provide a lot of service, you better get diverse, you better get inclusive. Now that you've seen a little bit about the course, hopefully you're super excited to get started. All you need to do is go to exceptionalleaderslab.com, click on the box that says online course, and sign up today. I'm easy, right, at any time. And you can go back and revisit certain modules everything I'm hoping that's a big deal yeah I, I think and we have to I think we have to keep doing that I think we have to continue to try to make that easier for people to get the information you know so what do you think are the biggest opportunities maybe some unforeseen opportunities that come as a result like we've got all this for some reason a lot of this stuff is happening at the same time mm -hmm. new clients book video series all launched within a few weeks right. of, of the big leadership women's leadership summit you just did um, that's going to create a lot of noise and yeah. buzz out there. So do you think there's any any risk in any of that? Or is that just, just how you grow? Do you grow yeah. in fits and starts like that, you think? Or? I think so. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I uh, again, the right problem to have, right? Right. Oh, these I, are all in the right right problem category, yeah. for sure. What Something that just happened this morning before we started this is somebody from that said, can you know we grab a quick, quick cup of coffee? And, like, you know the end of May is the first time so uh, that I can even go have a cup of coffee. So that is to your point. Yeah. We're going to have to figure that out. The end of May I can get some coffee. <laughs> right. Which is good. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of stuff stacked up, but that could end up being a, okay. a, an issue for us. So. so changing directions, but on the same theme. Do you have an idea of like a target audience member? Like when you're thinking about, I'm doing this presentation, I'm mm -hmm. trying to share this stuff, I want them to take certain actions. Who are you thinking about? I mean, who is this target? Gosh. For me, it is anybody that has any influence in their organization in a supervisor, you know, role. Okay. Like, uh, and there's two things there. So influence, so leadership, as we always talk about, is influence. So you could not be a supervisor, and you, but you still are a leader because you right. have influence in that. I think when you get super specific about that person, though, it's somebody that is either you know in, uh, aspiring to be in a leadership role, has a leadership role. I think that we have a lot of material there, but I think that the, even the next level stuff that we have, people that have been in a leadership role for a long time but need kind of a, you know, a little bit of a reboot or yeah. a little bit of a, you know, a kick, a kick in the butt, if you will, about, you know, hey, you can't just let people be toxic in the workplace right. or not have those, you know, timely talks and all that. So I guess that's not a very narrowed focus, though. What about you? What do you who do you I think, think is our target? Closer to the second one. Like, I think about the person, they're probably a middle manager. Um, they've probably been on the job for three to five, seven years, something like that. They've had an experience of like everything has happened to that person. Right? Yeah. They've had the toxic employee. They've had the conversation they should have had that they didn't. Uh, they've, they've promoted the wrong person. They've yeah. hired the wrong person. Um, they've had someone leave that they wish hadn't left. They've had all these experiences. And a lot of times at that moment, that three to five, seven year, that's when their 
message becomes a little bit rote a lot of times, mm -hmm. and everybody knows what they're going to say. Yeah. And so here comes Sam. You yeah. Know, I'm about to have the Sam talk, and Same so. Old Sam. Yeah, and that, that person is usually way too young to be that done with new ideas mm -hmm. and fresh ways to deliver their messages. And so you're sitting there and you're, whatever, you're 32, you're 46, whatever it is, and you've got nothing new to say and you don't have any new way to say it. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're reading the books, maybe you're not, but if for some reason it's not translating into your day-to-day -day work. Yeah. That's who I think about when we're working on content is how can we make it easy for this person to be fresh and to show up as someone new in terms of their leadership skill set Tomorrow, yeah. not, not over the course of the six months that they spend in the, in the curriculum or anything. Yeah. Uh, we have a client here in Tulsa, and, and uh, her name's Melissa, and she's amazing, and she's like brand new to her leadership role. And so, you know, she gets in, reads the book, to have, has had all of this energy and excitement, and she was at this session the other day. And so when you asked me the question, her, her just her picture popped in my mind that, you know, even though it's they're tried and true. She gets the opportunity to do that from day one right. in her leadership role, yeah. right? So yeah, that's great. And that person's got a big advantage. I think, I think so. about the other one. I think because they, they, I know they've already seen it all. Like every experience yeah. they're going to have. If you've been a manager for three years, you've had every management experience you're ever going to have. You're just going to get different variations of that same that's experience. True. And so to have to run out of, I mean, we've been in this situation, right? To have a situation that keeps repeating, and you don't feel like you have a better way to handle it after three or five years' experience. It's a really bad. Yeah. feeling right yeah. you feel like you're not potent in your in your role or making a difference and leadership I mean just to be clear it's the ability to, to change and improve people over time right a leader makes that you know you can it shows up in the wash right yep. are they better are they not yep. right and if they're not whose fault is it yours right yeah. if, you're, if you're the leader responsible for that person so I, I hate and like I, I empathize so much with that person who's not seeing that leader who's not seeing that kind of change and improvement in their group and what do you do and they're probably not getting the right kind of advice and coaching from whoever's over them for sure. in a lot of cases. So that's who I'm sympathetic to. So I'd like to keep that person there. The, the new leader is so inspirational because mm -hmm. it's wide open for them. A lot of these things are happening for the first time. And what if they had the right answer the first time it ever happened? That's, right? that's exciting. So I get that. But I, I think that, that leadership is super hard when you don't stay fresh, right? Like when you think of like, you know, our famous line is, it's the most pride swallowing, gut wrenching job there is because all of a sudden you're now tasked with getting things done, accomplishing things through other people. Right. And that's a completely different skill set, right? So yeah. most people get promoted into a leadership role because they were a producer. Right. They were good. You know, well, yeah. they can produce, that means they can lead, which is like the worst logic Probably ever. Not, yeah. <laughs> so you put them in this role and all of a sudden they either do one of two things. They go, well, I just need to produce even more right. and work even harder. So that makes leadership a super hard role. Or you do it without changing your skill set and learning, you know, how do I delegate? How do I get things done through yeah. other people? And so I think that's why it's so hard. It's so hard because oftentimes we're doing the, using the wrong skill set for the job, right? right? Definitely. And it, it, I think a lot of people are sold that idea too. Like I'm the new manager. I was a top seller. Now I'm the sales manager. I think that something about that title makes me a leader, yeah. right? That, okay, now, now these people are going to do things and they, they sometimes either forget that they're responsible for the performance or they don't know how to drive it in a lot of cases. And yeah. like you said, nothing about being good at sales makes you a good sales manager. Right. Or they can't delegate at all. They won't take their hands off the wheel. They make everybody dependent on them. We've all done that, of course. But I think it all comes down to like it's, it's an act, right? Leader, we say in the book, leadership is a verb. Yeah. You can't find it on your business card. It's not on a placard. Right. None of those quotes on the wall, wall will do it. It's something you're doing or not doing every day in a very deliberate way, right? If, you're not, if you don't know in advance of the day what you're going to do, as a leader, what leadership actions are going to take, probably nothing's going to happen. And that's sure. bringing it around for full circle. That's where 
books and tapes and courses and things can make a difference because they give you, that's why we yeah. call the book a playbook, right? Here's something you can go do today that'll probably make your team or that one person a little better, yeah. which is, you know, I could have used that, right? And we've, we used Definitely. to joke about on the first book, let's write the book we wish we would have had. All right, <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah. Which worked. All right. Well, I think this is probably a good stopping point for okay. us. So. That was fun. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Next time on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. So one day I'm in a, on a call and I get this text from Tracy that says, I just got fired. And the call that I was on, I was in the process of getting fired. <laughs> I was in the middle of a conversation getting fired. So I text back, of course, because I already know how the phone calls come. I'm getting fired right now. And you text back, are you fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> totally. And then it started. But yeah, the same I was day. blown away that we oh, were we got fired on the same day at the same a few minutes time. Yeah. yeah, I know people have had that happen to them multiple times mm -hmm. in situations where they were or weren't surprised by it, and it's it's does a lot, right? It's a self-esteem blast. You immediately think you're less valuable than you were, which puts you in a horrible position to go look for another job. Yeah, we knew what was coming next, luckily. Which yeah. so let's transition to that. So we were able to start. But I want to say this before yeah. we transition. Yeah, I was so glad we got fired at the same time because if I would have been fired and you not been fired, that would have been devastating. Just kidding. Yeah, I'm still here. I mean, they're basically they're keeping all the good people. And I don't know what happened to you. Oh well. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. To find out more about our books, online courses, and other resource materials, check us out at tracyspears.com. Mm -hmm.